Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Michelle, I can't believe it. I'm so glad you're here. Honored, always. Oh, me too. And you know what? It doesn't even feel like I'm doing a podcast. It was like we just sat down for coffee, right? I know. And it was so funny because you and I were outside waiting for this to get started. Mm -hmm. And we're like, don't talk. Don't talk. Just wait until we're recorded. (laughs) I know. But it's hard, right? It is Like, I haven't seen you for a couple weeks. And it's like, I I mean... I shouldn't say that because I do see you all the time, like on in pictures and stuff. Yeah. And Albert just takes some of the best pictures. Oh, isn't right? he a gem? I, you know, like I just I don't know where he gets the energy. First of all, I know. Right? Like it's tireless. He's, yeah, he's I know. just out there every time, like yeah. taking pictures. Yeah. So for he is amazing. Yeah. I I have nothing but love and respect mm-hmm. for him. And I ironically, I have a funny story. I um offered a ride to him because he's actually quite close to where we live oh, okay and uh then i totally blew my picking him up and all of this and i was like because like i don't care if i'm late for yeah. a protest you know mm-hmm. 15 minutes or whatever but for him of course he wants to be there even prior to it etc yeah. etc et so i i you know turned on my phone and it blew up and i'm like oh my god and i ran over and grabbed mm-hmm. him and apologized profusely because yeah, yeah. We're, i mean we're all human but He's well, such he's a such good a guy. Yeah, he, I don't want to mess that up with him. I he's know. So good. So, but things happen, right? Yeah. Like, and yep. it's one of those things because he is such a good guy and such a like huge heart, right? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. It, I just love him to pieces, and, yeah. and the fact that he shows up all the time mm-hmm. that I I just can't even. And uh, oh, so much yeah. respect for him. Yeah. So much love and respect. Yeah. yeah. So. Thank you so much again for coming. I know you're busy, and I know people always want to talk to you. Like, yeah. um, and sometimes you don't want to talk to them. I get that, but but with you, <laughs> I always want to talk with you. Yeah, that's and the difference is that yeah. um, you know you're a close, I would say, close family friend, and, oh, and feel like it. You're sure. my brother, and mm-hmm. you know one of my my husband's best friends. So mm-hmm. for me, it's such an honor to be here and, and be with you and talk to, about these things, and mm-hmm. you know have uh, have that nuanced conversation because mm-hmm. a lot of people aren't genuine. You know, you as in your, in everything you do, you come from an empathetic place Mm. and understanding power and privilege. And and I think that's the biggest barrier we have in our Mm. world right now is that people don't understand power and privilege. Yeah, it's so strange. And it was weird. Like we we were at the concert last night and like something similar happened this time to the last time we were at too. Obviously different people involved, Mm -hmm. but I was there with friends and and my friend's a woman, um, very small woman that I was there with. And 
we sat next to this person who just would not give up their leg space for her, right? Uh And it was one of those things, like normally I probably wouldn't even have noticed it except he was so obnoxious about it. Yeah. That even when I said something, he was just still obnoxious, right? And which, which it happens, but it's like, I just don't understand how we're missing that. Like that's something that I see that we're missing, just that little bit of consideration for other people, right? Yeah, no, well, I, but I think that male toxicity especially really promotes that, that that somehow an alpha male yeah. Like, like there's this really false world of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and for them it's uh oh yeah no that's the right thing to do yeah. and it's like so you, you think you're in the right by being a total dick yeah that is really what it is right well, that's all it is yeah yeah it's like you're just you put this like really strange line in the sand yeah and you made it so that whenever anybody crosses it you get mad yeah. but you did it Right? Yeah. <laughs> like your like the consequences of your own it, actions are right in front of you. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean for and for me, like maybe it's just a matter of like where people put themselves, like mm-hmm. in terms of who who their um I guess fellowship is, who their friends, their family and stuff. Yeah. Um I've been so fortunate to be a part of your family, uh, because I feel like otherwise I would not have been able to see so much, yeah. right? Of what I didn't know. Sure. And and I think that's what People maybe like myself, white people, I'm just going to say it, I think we we may get confused about that privilege thing, and I think it happens, I don't know if it's like, and I'm not justifying anyone else's behavior because I can't, um, The what I'm getting at I think is just that it's it must be something inherently in our minds that we're just unwilling to like surrender, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Mm. Right? Like, because you and I both know if we surrendered to it, things would just be so much easier. Right? Right? Like, if we just said, hey, like, privilege doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you were given everything. Right? But, like, and I say this all the time because I just want to make sure that I'm aware of mine, right? Is that there, I know that my life, any other family that I had, the color of my skin, Mm. gender too, right? Those things matter, yeah. right? And like, I, I don't know how I could not see that they matter, like yeah. so much, right? Because when, when you look around, there's, and, and this, I guess, is like a terrible segue, but I wasn't really thinking of it as a segue, but sure. I, I just, and I hope you're okay if we talk about this, and we don't have to talk in, in, in detail. I just, I wanted to get your perspective on, well, a couple things, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and one being, I don't know where you want to start. Where would you like to start? Yeah, no, like, I, there's a lot to talk about today. Mm. And I think the first thing that I think is the most important is the genocide that's happening in Palestine mm. right now. Um, you know, it, I had a good cry this morning beforehand, debated wearing eye makeup for that reason, mm. because um, it's happening real time. And uh, I'm, I'm really active on Twitter when it comes to that. Mm. Uh, a lot of the Palestinian reporters, journalists, Muslim journalists mm. are on, on Twitter and, um, you know, earlier this week, somebody had tweeted out, why aren't we talking about the trauma mm. of watching in real time yeah. people we love and respect that we follow that are Muslim journal- journalists, mm. um, Palestinians, and their last tweets are their last tweets and mm. they're dead. We're watching a real-time genocide right mm. now. And uh, oh, it, is, it is so painful. Like, mm. I... So the way I have set up my Twitter is that there are certain tweets I always see first. 
and um, you know, in a, in a conflict like this, mm -hmm. always Palestinians, and knowing I'm going to have to go through them and see which ones died mm -hmm. this week, wow. like which ones are are gone now. Yeah. So yeah, we have that algorithm set up, but you know, if we if I've lost twenty people, that's twenty accounts mm -hmm. that are now just gone. These are people that are are no longer with us, and I. I w I've been really reflecting on the trauma of seeing that, like people you love and respect who have, you know, you only have an online mm. relationship with them and you get to see what they're saying. They're gone. They're gone. Mm. And to see the numbers of children just rising and rising and rising, I, you know, I, it, it, it's off the back of September 30th. And September 30th being Every Child Matters, mm -hmm. Orange Shirt Day, and the you know tens of thousands mm -hmm. of, of children that died, and then the tens of thousands of that survived with permanent trauma. Mm -hmm. And then seven days later, this whole thing starts. Mm -hmm. And people wearing these orange shirts and saying Every Child Matters, having no problem looking at Palestinians and going, yeah, they gotta go. Mm -hmm. It's been really difficult to see that lack of understanding of racism and colonialism mm -hmm. that is real time here too, mm -hmm. and can easily be shown in Palestine mm -hmm. and the massive disconnect. Mm -hmm. it, it's just incredible to me. So I am really, it, it, it is hard to um, make peace with that yeah. right now. and you know, how everybody's just okay with it. And yeah. then this last week, especially, um, you know, folks like myself who may be in a position, like a board position or something like that, um, having the audacity to say, you know, ceasefire, free Palestine, losing their jobs, mm -hmm. losing their volunteer board positions. And the worst one for me was watching that, um, uh, Canadians for Peace in the Middle East, mm -hmm. letting go this uh, Palestinian PhD candidate here in Canada because she had the audacity to be a guest on Ryan Jesperson and because Ryan is still very much right of center. I know he thinks he's center, but, um, you know, very much still right of center. Mm -hmm. He was really pressing her and her trying to redirect and reframe how mm -hmm. that is and just being attacked relentlessly mm -hmm. by this white man of privilege and power in media, mm -hmm. you know, attacking a Palestinian who's literally advocating for her people and feeling in real time the loss of mm -hmm. that, of her community's blood, you know, and then to have two white men who are in charge of this organization being like, yeah, she's not our spokesperson. We're kicking her off the board. We had a person, you know, and, and I, I, I'm offended by that because I am so tired here in Calgary seeing non-Indigenous making decisions for Indigenous people. Mm. And here you had two white men making a decision on behalf of Palestinians by kicking out a Palestinian woman. Mm. Like the misogyny wow. and racism is so rampant in yeah. Canada they don't even even see it when it's themselves and mm -hmm. then to hear like for me the NDP are such a joke because you've seen what I've gone through when mm -hmm. when trying to help them provincially etc and seeing them attack a disabled indigenous woman um, you know and then to see them do that in Ontario mm -hmm. to a disabled black Muslim 
uh, woman mm -hmm. and then you use her talking points the next day. So they kick her out, mm -hmm. use her talking points the next day. So it's like, it's, it's just so wild for me to watch all of this mm -hmm. unfold in re real time and people not see, you know, settler colonialism, racism, and mm -hmm. uh, misogyny being perpetuated mm -hmm. onto women of color, and especially women who are like, this is what settler colonialism mm -hmm. is, and they're like, yeah, and you're done, and you're done, and yeah. you're done, and that's what I'm fighting here in mm -hmm. Calgary is regularly, is non-Indigenous voices that have no concept of these ideas, mm -hmm. you know, trying to speak for Indigenous people, mm -hmm. and even sometimes even our own Indigenous people being so colonized, not understanding that they are literally perpetuating mm -hmm. and uplifting settler colonialism. And so. isn't, isn't that interesting, like, and I don't mean interesting in a good way, I mean, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's such a, to me, and I, I could be, I'm way off probably, but, like, the, the fact that there are so many, what I'm starting to notice is there are more Indigenous BIPOC individuals, is that still the proper term? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, doing and being making people aware that this is directly related to what's hap what happened here, right? Yeah. And in, in U the U.S. in terms of the Indigenous people of Turtle Island, right? Yeah. I, first, I mean, it's hard enough to get privileged people in Canada and the U.S. to understand that it happened here, mm -hmm. let alone that it's happening right in front of our eyes. Yeah, exactly. Right? What they did in the 1800s to yeah. us is happening real time right now. Yeah, yeah. With, with bombs and missiles and, and it's so, but this goes back to, and I know Darcy and I have talked about it, maybe yourself and I as well, because we've talked a few times, um, that it goes back to, I believe, and I can't remember who said it, uh, it might have been... Um, Cornell West, I can't remember, but it was I was watching someone from down in the States talk about, uh, this was back in 2020, mm. um, but I remember it because it stuck with me like, yeah, it was Cornell West. He was giving a talk about freedom and stuff like that, and he talked about how North America, we just don't care about brown babies the same as we do white babies. 100%. Right? And from that moment on, Michelle, yeah. how do you deny it? Yeah. You, you, we look at all the drone strikes across in the Middle East, right? Yeah. And like, I, I know some people will be like, yeah, but Dave, like, it's not all about race. And I'm like, okay, okay, sure. But it's, this is about race. This is like, this is a hundred, yeah. if it's not about race, then it's about religion. Yeah. And if it's about religion, that's the same damn thing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. and, and we, I, I just think that, yeah, I, I think it's disgusting, mm -hmm. right? I think it's disgusting that we will defend uh, we will defend white children yep. across the across the pond, yep. but we won't do the same, no. right? We just won't, and I hope that changes. Well, and there's been some really great commentary too um, online about how the very talking points that would be used for like the uh, conflict that's happening right now with uh, Ukraine, mm -hmm. and by the very voices like uh, Christina Freeland or uh, or Justin Trudeau. And then not applying it in this case, mm -hmm. right? Like it's settler colonialism, both of them, both mm -hmm. are invasions. Yep. But yet we have very different talking points for brown people compared to white people. 100%. And that's, uh, you know, and, and it's wild to me because we have, we have anti-Ukrainian racism here as mm -hmm. well. Like the reason why the Conservative Party got rid of Ed Stelmack was because he's Ukrainian. And I, I, I think that's hysterical. Like he just wasn't the right white so we have to get rid yeah. of them, right? Like, it, so 
I mean, they eat their own, and mm-hmm. that that's the sad oh. part. Like for me, um, that's a part of like our culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, so it is. So and I'm sad because like you know, there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. Palestinians have rocks, yeah, and Israel has the most advanced military industrial complex backing them to the point that Mm -hmm. the new bombs that they have they're testing right now on Palestinians Mm -hmm. right now so that now these bombs Mm -hmm. and and these different um, weapons that they're using can say oh they've been field tested Mm -hmm. so just as it was not okay for all the experiments done on indigenous kids Mm -hmm. in residential schools so that Canadian kids white Canadian kids can know what the proper amount of of vitamins to take a day is and to have vaccines and and all of the different things that was tested on us first Mm. like that the policies are exactly the same Mm. and and so i've been trying to tell palestinians that are here you know the policies that are used against indigenous people today Mm -hmm. in canada that's what's going to be used against you in 100 years from now that like the policies are exactly the same and it's already happening yeah yeah so, and you mentioned it, that the Israel being a part of the U.S., like yeah. basically just like a left arm, right? Or oh, a right yeah. arm. Yeah. And it's always been that way. Yeah. Like, and I know... Since and, the Second World War. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know what? Like, I understand, like, after the Second World War, where there's so much, like, empathy and sympathy because of what happened, right? Yeah. Because that's a real atrocity, man. Yeah. For sure it is. Yeah. At the same time, right, what's happened since then in in Middle East specifically, it's, it's not, it's not right. No. Right? It's not. And I know that we went there for oil and I know they didn't find weapons of mass destruction, right? But you know, and you know what bothers me the most about that stuff is that we all knew that it was a bunch of shit after, and, and nobody got in trouble for it. No. Right? No George no Bush went to uh, the speaker circuit for yeah. 500 grand to speaking engagement or something like that. You know, uh, the night before the election in the last minute uh, thing, Stephen Harper exonerated the Catholic Church from having to pay the billions of dollars in legal fees that are owed to indigenous people. So that's the asshole who did it. That's that's the guy. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, they constantly do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, you did something wrong, but it's okay. It's yeah. okay. So that there's no accountability whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So that's why I get really upset when these, um, you know, folks that are trying to appropriate Every Child Matters mm-hmm. with their um, anti-queer rhetoric. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you not holding Stephen Harper to account for not paying out the mm-hmm. billions of dollars owed to Indigenous people for the pedophilia that was mm-hmm. actually perpetrated on our people? And uh, But again, brown, white. Mm-hmm. Brown, white. Mm-hmm. It's black and white difference. I, I, then I don't, like it's just... Every time we say it, it's like, how do we not know? Yeah. Because it's so obvious, right? So like, obvious. I, but, you know, it, it took a lot for me to figure out what racism was. Yeah. Um, I had my daughter 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm born and raised in Alberta, and we tried to deny racism. Like, we will, we will go to the end of the mm-hmm. earth to deny racism here. Yeah. And uh, so for me, when I experienced systemic racism in the hospital, mm-hmm. that was like... I, I couldn't articulate what happened to me. Mm. And now, you know, being denied services at the Radisson and Red Deer, mm. it was racism. Yes, it was perpetrated by a brown guy, but that doesn't mean that we can't, um, you know, have anti-Indigenous bias when you're not Indigenous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so obvious, but it has to be pointed out mm-hmm. and pointed out. 
And I know people don't like it, but it like how are we going to solve this if we're not honest about it? Yeah, and, and if we just keep saying, I don't like it, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, well, I guess, the you know, it's, it's back to that old adage that mm -hmm. keep, you know, banging your head against a brick wall and absolutely nothing will change. <laughs> mm -hmm. Except people will become more entrenched, right? Yeah. And, and also what I've noticed with this whole thing is just a swaying of, not everybody, of course, because there's lots of people that, still own property that believe that we should have a cop on every corner and all that kind of stuff, right? You and I, I think we've talked about it before, that's not the answer, yeah. right? More police is not the answer. Yeah. Um, More social workers like you are. Yeah, and in and, yeah. and doing things like that, right? Like yeah. in, maybe in connection, maybe somehow connected to it, that's fine. But more, more so, um, in terms of like just community care, right? Mm -hmm. And and I know, I don't know what the answer is. Like I don't pretend to know um, and we've, talked about the abolition before of the police and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm not a, I don't know how that would look, so I, I, my brain can't conceive of it. I've just never conceived of a world where there wasn't police. Well, and, and that's fair because like, so let, let it, let's shift the conversation a little bit okay. with um, Indigenous law. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know Canadians are like, well, there's only one law and it's like, no, that's Canadian settler colonial law, mm -hmm. but there are more laws. And mm -hmm. so as treaty partners, we have to respect the law of the territory. Mm -hmm. And we're in Blackfoot territory and Blackfoot have the Brave Dog Society. Mm -hmm. And that is their policing. Mm -hmm. That is, that's them. And the fact that they're not seen as equal as the Calgary police, the Royal mm -hmm. Canadian Mounted Police, like that's the problem, mm -hmm. right? Um, and we're seeing, I'm going to transfer and shift the conversation right now a little to Buffy St. Marie. Okay. Um, she was adopted by Cree laws. So mm -hmm. the Cree have said, this is now our daughter. We adopt her. Mm -hmm. So she has to follow Cree laws now and the Cree justice system mm -hmm. for what has just recently come out. So, yeah. um, so you know, like there are laws that we abide by and the fact that it's not seen as equal in Canadian mm -hmm. society shows the that Canadian um, erasure of Indigenous people, mm -hmm. of Indigenous laws, Indigenous tradition, mm -hmm. and Indigenous culture, right? Like it's it's real, it's over here, mm -hmm. but until Canada can see that there's more than one way, mm -hmm. we're, we're not going anywhere, mm -hmm. right? Um, but what's important is that we teach our own, our own laws mm -hmm. and our own ways, yeah. Mm -hmm. What what happened with Buffy St. Marie? Yeah, so for a lot of folks that may not know, um, you know, obviously Buffy St. Marie is known as this Canadian icon mm -hmm. for Indigenous rights and has always been um, perpetuated as a Cree woman. Mm -hmm. uh, her story was that she was a, born in Canada and adopted out to uh, an American family in Massachusetts who... Uh, took her as their adopted child. However, <laughs> what we have found out was that was a lie, mm. that she was, she is not Cree, mm. as that she was born from an Italian mother and uh, I think white father, they just said various whites. Mm. So I'm like, okay, various whites it is. And um, she, she was raised in Boston, or in uh, Massachusetts. And for whatever reason, she chose to start telling people she was part Indigenous. Mm. And the story started as her mom was Mi'kmaq, and then she identified as Algonquin. Mm. And uh, after 
she was adopted by the Piapot Nation, she she said, I'm Cree. So she, the way the CBC tried to allude to it was that her, 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 her career in music was, was going down. So in order to fix her career, they decided to make her indigenous. Mm. And um, what was really disappointing watching this uh, Fifth Estate CBC documentary was her, the industry, went after the one family member who was saying, actually, um, whenever there was a printed media or, or t- broadcast, this particular person would write and say, actually, you're wrong. She's not Cree, um, blah, 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 blah. Now, there is a conversation, and I, I do um, disrespect CBC on this, to talk about how once you're adopted, you're adopted. Like, in, in the Indigenous community, she will always be seen as Cree mm. by Cree laws. Um, or I should say that. Let, let's back that up. And I'm hoping your editor will do me the favor and take that out. <laughs> Paying attention out there? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, yeah. So by Cree law, she was adopted in. Mm. So she can't claim to be Indigenous. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, she has been living a Cree way of life for mm-hmm. the last 60 years. Mm-hmm. So the Cree are going to be like, okay, so this was based on a lie, but you have been our daughter for the mm-hmm. last 60 years. She's done great work in the last 60 years. Incredible work. Incredible work yeah. for Indigenous people. But the problem is, is that there was always Indigenous people that could have been mm-hmm. taking that space yeah. and saying, this law that you want to impose is wrong mm-hmm. for this reason or whatever the issue of the day mm-hmm. was. Um, so it, it is very disappoint- disappointing that she had to pretend to be Cree in order to... Uh, succeed as an activist right yeah right and then that's disappointing but um, had she been honest and just identified as an ally that Mm -hmm. was adopted by the Cree everybody would be fine Mm -hmm. but because she chose to pretend to be adopted uh, she was born in 1941 Mm. so that is a time that she would have actually been um, put into residential schools had she actually been born here. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't born here. She was born in Massachusetts and lived a you know American upbringing and um, you know w- was lucky that way I guess mm-hmm. I, if that's the word lived a perfectly good settler mm-hmm. upbringing and uh, all the benefits that come along with that. Anyway, she as a result is you know going to be looked down upon by our community Mm -hmm. for a lie and which i find very curious as we're as you're describing this and you and i've talked about the board situation at a indigenous organization that is basically pushing indigenous voices out so the whole world is up in arms about buffy saint marie but nobody seems to give a shit that in organizations in real time here in Calgary, right. indigenous organization, this one particular, I don't know about more, I'm sure there are. There are. Where yeah. there's the same, the same similar thing happening, but everyone's okay with it. And that's a huge criticism I have of the CBC doing mm-hmm. this. Does this truth need to come out? Absolutely. Sure. But the, the venom and hate that's going to be perpetuated mm-hmm. onto Buffy, um, onto... Indigenous people in general, mm-hmm. that is 
I wish the same energy people would be putting towards this, mm. you know, the amount of non-Indigenous boards, so-called mm. speaking for Indigenous people. Like, I'm so done with mm. that. And they always mess it up. They're, they can't be great allies. Yeah. You constantly need an Indigenous person there to help direct them, mm -hmm. you know. And, and that's the benefit of Reconciliation mm -hmm. Action Group is that, you know, at least you have willing settlers trying to do the work, mm -hmm. but it is at least led by a, a few Indigenous mm -hmm. voices so that that way there's a buffer mm -hmm. to make sure this is the right direction to go towards, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and, um, that, and I'm really proud of that, but the problem is is that more people are interested in discrediting it than there are doing the actual work mm -hmm. of changing Diefenbaker chiefs. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that they will go out of their way to try to legitimize that, it, it's just the wrong direction of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And then to have the, you know, the Catholic school board as an institution, you know, trying to silence indigenous voices mm -hmm. and especially an indigenous woman's voice. Like I just, like you can't claim you care about reconciliation mm -hmm. and then not support the indigenous families telling you this is what we're experiencing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's just so disappointing that they're so committed to racism, colonialism, and speaking for indigenous people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think that they're like that these these institutions are just so stuck in their ways that they're just not able to be flexible? Or a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and and it's. I mean, obviously, the systems are racist. There's no question. Um, they're bigoted in many different ways, right? Like yeah. these systems. Yeah. Um, again, we've probably talked about this before, but I don't understand how the Catholic Church is still here. Like, I don't. Well, I, I don't understand why we're funding a Catholic yeah. school division, frankly. Like, it, it is insulting to me mm -hmm. that we're like, no, we really care about reconciliation. We're going to wear an orange shirt, but we're totally funding Catholic institutions. Which even outside of residential schools and boarding schools in the states, they they're known known for child molestation all across the planet. Hundred percent. So I don't understand this, right? Like, yeah. and but I, but I, what I do get, I guess, is the whitewashing, yeah. and that's what it is. It's like yeah. window dressing. Oh yeah. Right. It's like you put this nice fancy stuff in the window and you call it reconciliation, but you're not actually doing shit. Nothing. You're not changing shit. There's no You're, systemic changes. That's right. Yeah. There's no change to the theology. None. There's no change. The only change is that they add, well, oh, you should put in a little extra in the in the offering plate so we can give it to the kids. Yeah. Right? The kids? You mean like victims assistance? That's what you're paying? Because right? that's what you should be paying. Right. Right? Um, yeah. And I didn't know that that was Harper, that like yeah. shit can of that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. No, it's yeah. so insulting. And yeah. I, I, you know, and, and at the end of the day, Pierre Polvier was a part of that cabinet at the mm -hmm. time. So like anyone who was still with Harper, I have visceral hate for mm -hmm. because they were all complicit in this, these decisions. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, until there's a major change in the conservative party, yeah. it's just going to be Harper style policies yeah. that continue because everyone knows he's still running it. And I just hate that. People are so blind. Mm -hmm. But to be fair, um, so this week particularly, we had um, the um, prayer breakfast. So the prayer breakfast is this settler tradition that all of the important politicians of the day have a, a prayer breakfast mm -hmm. together. And they bring in a keynote guest speaker, 
and this time they brought in one of Harper's uh, longtime friends who is well known for his Indian residential school denialism, mm. got the honor um, entrance by the Calgary police and a standing ovation by everybody except one person and nobody can tell me who this one person was. You know, I just, it's so insulting. Mm. Because it's like, just because you lost the election doesn't mean you don't stop with this settler colonial racism. Mm. It just perpetuates yeah. and perpetuates and perpetuates. And, you know, it, it, uh, we know who was in the room. And again, I know Jason Kenney was a part of Harper's team. And yeah. I know that all of the folks who were under Jason Kenney, it's the same type of people. Mm. So it's like these, all of these people, I just have a visceral Kids, I cannot stand them mm -hmm. for for them perpetuating this hate, mm -hmm. this uh, anti-indigenous hate that they're just constantly mm -hmm. putting out there. And then, of course, they attack the queer community as well. Mm -hmm. And I, oh, yeah. I just want to make the point that Two Spirit were here first. Mm -hmm. You know, and queer indigenous people were here first. Mm -hmm. And then to try to erase indigenous people, to try to erase queerness mm -hmm. in general, like that, that's still that Im imposing that uh, straight agenda with that Christian belief system. And mm -hmm. I'm just so tired of people purposely trying to not understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, they're purposely at a certain point, we become complicit in our own ignorance, right? Yeah. Like yep. we just do. And I know that that kind of sucks when people hear that, but like the truth is the truth. Yeah. Look, if I, if, if, if you show me something yeah. and it's like been confirmed because these things are true, right? So, yeah. If I don't change my views, my ideas based on new information, what is the fucking point? Right. Like, like I, I can't imagine being that person that's so complicit in ignorance. I cannot mm -hmm. imagine. I mean, I have learned so much over the course of my life and my you know, opinions will mm. evolve as a result of new information. As they should. Why on earth would you be so committed to hating mm. brown people? Like, mm -hmm. why? But it's, that's where we are. Yeah, like, and, you know, I think about it, and I'm wondering just if it's just as simple as what people would say. Ignorance is based on fear, right? Fear of the unknown, fear of... And, you know, like, a lot of the, the anti-Muslim... I just think back, hey, like, yeah. as we're talking about through the years of, of me growing up, like, in the States, first of all, where it's rah, 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 USA, go to war, play football... Right, and I have to be honest. That was my upbringing, not not because of my parents, but that was my friend group and socialization. Right, it was like rah rah rah. You know, Forrest Gump is still one of my favorite movies for showcasing that. Yeah, it really is. Like, yeah, it's know, Americana all the way. It's so perfect at, at yeah. illustrating that. It's like, you know, we'll give you a degree if you can play football. We'll mm -hmm. give you a gun if you will be in this war, and mm -hmm. we'll give you a medal and and. Yep. And it was all ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, her, his girl that he grew up with was like trying to unpack all of this ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. But because she's a girl and it's a patriarchy, nobody cares. Mm -hmm. And she was sexually molested, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Right? And I'm like, oh, my God. It's, it's so obvious. Mm -hmm. And yet the average American is just like, doop, 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 yeah. doop, doop, no. And don't get me wrong. Can Canada's no better. Oh yeah, no, no for better. sure. And if they're yeah. like, I loved Michael Moore's films. Don't get me wrong, especially you know Bowling for Columbine. Mm. But he did show a utopia of Canada that isn't true. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. you know that now being yeah. here, um, 
you know, so. I had no idea, so, like, honestly, no clue. Right. Yeah. Right. I love an American trying to make us seem like we're a really nice place, but, you know, <laughs> and, and I, I really enjoyed that when I was younger, but, mm -hmm. you know, now that I'm older and can be a more objective, it's mm -hmm. like, you kind of got this wrong and this wrong and mm -hmm. this wrong. So. And, it, and it's okay. <laughs> the only way we can move forward is to acknowledge what's happened and what is, and then say, how do we, how do we keep this from happening again? Yeah. But I just see us going back into a spiral, right? Like, because some people are so afraid. Like this anti-trans and, and anti-queer stuff that obviously as a queer man, like I, I'm interested and concerned about that stuff because it's like um, we've just started to be free. And see, and I think this goes part and parcel to indigenous, BIPOC, queer, whatever it is, is that as soon as you start to be free, people don't want you free. Yeah. People want you to be quiet again. Yeah. They don't want, they want you to be not queer or not identifiably queer, Dave. It's okay if you're queer, but just keep it under wraps. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, part, obviously that's ignorant because what they're thinking is queer is just about sex, right? Yeah. Like, and that's not what it's all about. It's obviously, we've had to, like queer people, we've had to do all kinds of things that people think are disgusting and think, and, and I'll just tell you, that if you ever wonder why there's like cruising in parks or wherever you think the cruising happens, it's because we weren't allowed to be together <laughs> in, in the public. Like we weren't allowed to hang out and just be left alone, right? Yeah. And, and now it's going back kind of to that, right? Where it's like, you can, I can hear the jitters as I walk down the street, right? With my nails painted and, um, and it's just something little like that, yeah. but it, it makes a difference. Yeah. And it reminds me that as much as, but you mentioned this, I think you've said it many times, but how we try to polite the racism away, mm -hmm. right? We try to like justify where someone might be coming from because we're Canadian and we want to be kind, right? And, and I get that. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's always nice to try to be kind. Yep. But it's not kind when it's just blatant, like refusal to accept the facts. That's not kind. I have the funniest story. So I was at Please. the Palestinian um, event last Sunday and one of the school Catholic trustees was there and, you know, was asking me how I was doing. And I'm like, well, I'm not great because of the way this family is being treated. And she tried to back out of it with her politeness and mm -hmm. saying, I was just trying to be polite. And it's mm -hmm. like, why would you ask me how I'm doing when you know we're going through this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's back to that. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be polite. Mm -hmm. Come on. Really? Come on. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Well, you have I, a family traumatized mm -hmm. and you are just like, well, it's just trying to be polite. Yeah. And I, I guess, I guess um, on the one hand, it was, it was polite for them to let you know that right. they were just window dressing. Right. That my ideas of reconciliation are just here. That's right. it. Like, right. An arm's length away minimum. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it, what, what is so ironic is... The reason we're there is because of racist settler colonialism mm -hmm. that's being weaponized. Mm -hmm. And here she is in this institution mm -hmm. of racism, settler colonialism that was weaponized against indigenous people <laughs> days after the orange shirt day. And there's no connection. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It is shocking to me how people can make mm. that work in their head. Right? <laughs> and I, maybe it has something, it is shocking. And it, as you're talking though, I'm thinking of like, we, maybe the media has done such a good job, uh, and this is, maybe this is just true, 
at such a good job as painting darker brown people as terrorists yeah. so that what people think is that Israel is basically just defending themselves against terror, right? Because, you know, yeah. the U.S. could do just about no wrong after yeah. 2001, September 11th, right? And I get it. We all got pissed. We all got, like, worked up, emotional, all that stuff, and everybody activated and went to war and did all this stuff. But we got to slow down now. That was a 20-plus year war. Another Vietnam, right? right? Nobody's talking about that, right? Right. Nobody's even talking about why we were in Vietnam, right? To quelch who? Yeah. Right? Yeah. The people. The yeah. people who obviously were against the industrial complex, yeah. therefore they become enemies. And they're just people trying to make a living, trying to live, right? And, um, and yeah, I just see it differently. And, and knowing that in the media it's painted so like Hamas is bad, this is bad, right? And it's like, yeah, but let's just think about it for a second. Why, why is AIM around? Mm. Why is the American Indian movement around? Mm -hmm. Because nobody fucking listened. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and don't get me wrong, I don't know the politics of any of those organizations, but like, I do 100% agree and understand why they're here. Yeah. Because you keep pushing people, right? You're going to get Hamases. You're going to get different things. And don't get me wrong, I know there's more to it than that. Like, and there's... But you know, let, let's unpack that a little bit about the um, anti-Islamic... Uh, Islamophobe. Uh, yeah. Islamophobia in general. Mm -hmm. um, Anti-Muslim and uh, Islamophobia... I mean, you and I grew up watching Arnold beating up and saying deplorable things about brown people, yeah. right? And then when 9-11 happened, it was easy for us to fall into the, oh, they're oh, terrorists, yeah. you know, and, and then unpacking that and unpacking mm -hmm. that and realizing we were wrong. Yeah. But that, again, like you were talking about the power of the media, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting watching people expect brown people to, while, while they're in you know, losing their entire family, losing mm -hmm. their home, losing their land, losing everything. Well, you better condemn Hamas. Yeah. Okay, well, you better condemn Israel. Yeah. You know, like, let, let's let's talk about who we condemn here. Yeah, let's start talking about who the real bad guys are. Well, and, and right? I get mad at, at Canada for, because so first of all, we're making the very weapons they're using. Mm -hmm. A union jobs mattered, so Tom Mulcair was proudly mm -hmm. behind not speaking out on Israel and that. You know, and, and I, it comes back to who funds all of this, mm -hmm. right? The military-industrial complex is deeply embedded in mm -hmm. Canada as well, in Canadian politicians. Mm -hmm. So that's why we can't find a single party to work with on these issues mm -hmm. that are of any substance. So yeah. it, having them try to call for a ceasefire now like come on you guys yeah you know you never spoke out before the elections mm -hmm. you've always stood with union jobs making weapons of mass mm -hmm. destruction so come on mm -hmm. you know so it, it's just it's such a disappointing conversation but at the same time a settler state is going to back a settler state every time yeah every, every time, time. So. and that's I think the the blaring truth yeah. right is that colonialism needs its allies yep. and colonialism is not like the system of it is just not going to relinquish control that easily no way right no way and i and, and do you mind if we segue into something else like because yep. this really does tie into what i think is this um how to word it what's happened with in in terms of that the bar incident with 
Taylor and Adora. Yeah. Right. And like I read through the, their little summary of charges and all that kind of stuff. What What is your take on that? Because what I see is just more colonialism at work. And even though, like from what I understand, some of these bouncers were people of color, right? Mm-hmm. Another incident, incidents of lateral violence, mm-hmm. right, within the within a community that obviously. Um, it must, I don't know how to describe it, right? Like, except for reading the charges, all it looked like to me was a bunch of extra stuff piled on just to make sure something goes through. Yeah, right? so I would say this is right out of the playbook of mm-hmm. settler colonialism. And, and I should also mention that the Calgary police and the RCMP, like those policing systems are a part of the Israel defense system too, right? Like yeah. they're all together. Oh, yeah. They're not separate. No. Like, if you're going to pick a brother, mm-hmm. it's going to be Israel. Yeah. If you're going to pick a brother, it's going to be part of your military-industrial mm-hmm. complex, right? Um, so a black woman, so what? Where? why are, are black people here in Canada? We know because of uh, settler colonialism. That's mm-hmm. happened in the African um, state, or the African continent. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks there, if they're not refugees, they're new immigrants that mm-hmm. are trying to find a better life because of the colonialism that's happened in their actual lands. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. Like yeah. that That's the root of the hate towards black people. Mm-hmm. They're either seen as uh, as black slaves or they're seen as people that like are rejecting settler colonialism. Mm-hmm. And that that's the whole point of Canada. Yeah. <laughs> so... So anyway, these uh, bouncers are trained apparently by the Calgary police. So that was oh. part of that conversation. And uh, yeah. That... Well, we know how well they use their training all the time. Well, it's not for de-escalation. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing. So I, I, I was a bouncer when I was younger. And, and I just know that whenever you get into a fight, any kind of fight, yeah. uh, as a security, a bouncer loss prevention, anything like that, you just have to articulate why the fight happened, right? And so, of course, you're going to be heavy on your side yep. of things. And and this is like, really, it's an acute example of like an empire over people, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's like the bar is the empire. Yep. And so the bouncers are agents of the bar, right? Yep. They're agents of that establishment. And in acting so, they assaulted two females. Right? Because black females. Because the business should have the right to use the N-word as part of their business. Yeah. Because, because this is what this was all about. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, it, it's, uh, it is really bad as, like, you know, QT BIPOC, BIPOC, that it's like, okay, when racist, when racist stuff happens, you just have to leave. Yeah. How's that, Right? Right. That's goes, not okay. No, it goes back to saying, well, we don't understand. Hamas is terrorists. Right? Okay, but you piss, you push people enough, and how are they not going to defend themselves? Totally, yeah. totally. And and the fact that there's this uh, racist, st- stereotypical trope of black women being angry, it's like they have every right to be angry, first and foremost. Yeah. But two, like, why can't you see that your lack of anti-racist policies is mm-hmm. the real problem here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, back to the Catholic school system, yeah. back to, you know, every institution there is, mm-hmm. they will not put meaningful anti-racism yeah. um, policies there. 
they like to say they're anti-bullying policies. But I remember before when I was not Anti-bullying. Right? It's like the bully saying, yeah, we don't bully around here. It, that's And that's what it is every <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Whether it's the police, whether yeah. it's the schools, whether it's like, it's like, well, we're not bullies. It's like you're yeah. literally bullying the family and the victim right now. Yeah. Funny how that works. So, you know, mm -hmm. that, and that's what patriarchy does and, yeah. and all of that, right? So, yeah, my heart is utterly broken because... Mm -hmm. um, what, and it's a tool of policing. It's been used against us from the beginning of time. It's been used against black people since the first slaves came mm -hmm. over. Um, at the end of the day, if you throw enough charges at somebody, mm -hmm. we as indigenous people, black people know that you just take the plea to get rid of the other ones. Mm -hmm. And then yes, you have a criminal record for life. That's the way settler colonialism works. Racism well, works. That's, that's how you get discredited. Yep. And then once people think that that's who you are, you're yeah. like the idea and the idea of stacking charges and stuff is, um, used to, what I thought it was for was for people who were real criminals, right? Like I people know. who are, and that's that's kind of where where I used to use it when sure. I was with transit. Um, but that's that doesn't mean it was right. It just means that like there, what I thought it was for. You start to see the difference now when you know people going through it. Yep. And of course, it brings up so much like, mm -hmm. well, but it's my own privilege, right? Again, like I was living in the privilege bubble, man, like you know, acting I, out of the interests of Calgary transit property. Like who gives a shit, right? But that at a, at a point, that was something. Yeah. And then I, I mean, obviously I left because it wasn't enough. It was something that I didn't feel right about anymore. Like mm -hmm. just the, the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And even that unraveling my own privilege with law enforcement has been like fucking 20 years in the making. Yeah. Right. To be like, wait a minute, like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> well, you're talking to somebody who was a proud little sea cadet. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was recently invited to go to Edmonton to talk about harassment in the military. Mm -hmm. So I was talking about my experience from 1989 to 1992. And 1992 was the year they instituted human rights. And then shortly after that, they made so many cuts mm. in uh, the military, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, just to kind of unpack that was a really interesting um, exercise for me, too. Mm. Because, you know, I mean, I was screaming, God save the queen. Right. I was screaming, oh, Canada, in French and English. Mm under like 30 degree weather in full uniform and a black tube in the middle of the sand while mm -hmm. people were hitting it, you know, I thought that was normal. Mm -hmm. I thought that was okay. You know, when you start unpacking what, mm -hmm. you know, in retrospect, when I tell my husband, when I tell my daughter, this mm -hmm. is what we did, I'm not selling it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not selling it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not getting you to sign up just yeah, so you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was trying to. I was like, well, mm -hmm. you know, it's important that you understand, you know, drill. It's important that mm -hmm. you understand protocol when it comes to things like that and so that we can incorporate and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, in retrospect, just unpacking it, it's like, oh, my God. No mm -hmm. wonder there was the sexual harassment was so mm -hmm. rampant, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's really weird when you have to unpack what you thought was okay. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It's, yeah, it is. And it's it's okay to do it. It's okay yeah. that it feels shitty sometimes when you're thinking about it and going through it, right? It's okay. I, but it's like that, it's like we were talking about earlier. When we get new information, it's okay to change. 
it's okay to change your mind, right? Like, yeah, 100%. I think part of uh, part of the trouble for lots of us, myself included, at a certain point, was just not accepting the new information, yeah. right? Until it's so blatantly obvious, right, that you just can't refuse it anymore. Mm -hmm. But I get it, why it's so hard, for, how it could be hard for people, because it's hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And to unpack it, you have to kind of go through, the, what I've been going through is like this, obviously guilt and shame about stuff, for sure, mm -hmm. because I just don't believe in it anymore. It's not like it wasn't my job or it wasn't yeah. the right thing to do. It's just that I wasn't doing it for the right reasons, right? Like, I wasn't doing it to protect people. I was doing it because it was a fucking job and because yeah. it paid well and because, like, all the different perks of that job. Sure. And then eventually the job itself became, like, not enough because it was like, well... This is like pretty limited. Yeah. There's no way to really help people. Like, okay. and it's not designed for that, right? Like, it's designed to keep poor people poor. Yeah. Like, and it's designed to keep wealthy people uh, in their homes and their properties and their businesses, and yeah. right, yeah. so that they can hire bouncers that will articulate the shit out of charges. And that's basically all it came down to. Yeah. Right. And of course, as you and I know, the province, probably from the north to the south are not fans of those two particular women, right? No, no. Um, unfortunately for them, that they've shut these two humans out who could really help change shit, right? Well, like, that's the irony, is yeah. they literally should be teaching them anti-racism, um, anti-blackness, mm -hmm. bias. Like, they can teach that, mm -hmm. just as so many other, you know, amazing yeah. scholars do on a regular basis. That's where... You know, I, I really had to relearn. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I grew up watching Rodney King get the crap beat out of him. Yeah. I listened to W uh, NWA, the first generation. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm that generation. Mm -hmm. But I still didn't get it, get it. Yeah. And and thanks to them and thanks to the Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter movement, it yeah. really had me question my anti-black uh, bias. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was so much already there. We had a, a great friend of ours who was black and... He just showed us right in the Calgary Sun, like, here is the white guy who got a bronze medal. Mm -hmm. Here on page 19 is the black guy who got Canada gold. Mm -hmm. Explain. Yeah. And then, and there's no explanation. Except other than racism. that's anti-racist yeah. bias yeah. right there. Yeah. So like anyone can go into the archives of the Calgary Sun now and look at old um, Olympic coverage yeah. and clearly see that too. Like yeah. it, it's blatant. Mm. And yet it needed to be pointed out to me in order for me to see it. Yeah, so. because it's so blatant. Uh -huh. It's been hidden in plain view for yep. so long, right? That we just think it's normal yeah. until all of a sudden we're seeing that it's not normal. It's, right? Well, it's the root. It explains everything. Everything mm. we're seeing is, you know, racist settler colonialism. Yeah. Everything, whether it's anti-blackness, anti-Muslim, anti-Indigenous, it's mm. all rooted in the same thing, the same concept. So... Yeah, and the and the straight agenda being part of this, mm -hmm. you know, as well as what you're seeing so much queer yeah. um, attacks as well. And it, when queer people that are white get rights, mm -hmm. they don't like uh, POC getting them. That's what really? it comes down to. Yeah. Really, and yeah. see, for me, my my feelings are that the more people have rights, the better. Well, human rights are human rights. Yeah. You don't get to pick and choose them. Yeah, and and nor. Like when we, when, like you mentioned about people assuming that black women are mad all the time and that there's a right to be mad. Yeah. This is the same thing I think of when the person asks you how you're doing and they don't really want to know. Yeah. It's like, 
if you ask someone how they're doing and they tell you they're angry and they tell you they have these really good fucking reasons to be angry. Yeah. Right? And all you can say is, okay, but you're too angry. Right. We can't hear you right now. Right. Okay, but we need to hear the angry voices, right? Because I, I firmly believe this is one of the things I like I loved about V, right? Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, he passed away. Mm-hmm. But and I don't. I'm not suggesting that I know why he passed away or anything like that. But I know that he carried that anger, right? And he tried to like let people see the anger. But of course, nobody wants to hear anger. Yeah. Nobody wants to sit there and, and be. The, well, the biggest thing I learned from Carlin Kaepernick is that there's no polite way. Yeah. You can't be polite enough. No. All he did was take the knee. That's it. I know. That's it. And. Look yeah. at the venom and hate and the yeah. career-ending decisions made yeah. because we can't have a black man stand up. Well, and, and, and ironically, all he did was kneel. Yeah, and literally the lateral violence that I noticed amongst yeah. um, other athletes and stuff towards oh, yeah. him, yeah. like, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, so you're telling me that because this person took a knee to, to protest police brutality, mm-hmm. that that is somehow against the, the United States of America. Right. And it actually is like, it actually is because we believe in being racist. Mm -hmm. We believe in settler colonialism. So how dare a black man Mm -hmm. have the audacity? You're lucky we let you even play football. Yeah. That is, that's their thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the media gets people thinking that calling some spoiled kid with white parents and all these things. Right. And somehow that's supposed to make it different. Yeah. Supposed to make him, what, less angry? Right. Like, he's simply aware. Yeah. Like, he's not yeah. doing anything. And on top of that, he's peacefully protesting. You know, and, and so there's something called respectability politics, mm. where it's like, okay, I will engage with you in a kind, respectful manner, and there's still no change. Yeah. Like, I have tried that with mm-hmm. so many institutions mm-hmm. to be kind and respectful and talk to them about, like, systemic changes. Mm-hmm. But their lack of action on systemic changes just shows me I'm their token that they pat on the head and go, that's so nice for you to say that out loud in sentences. Thank you so much. Right. So that we didn't have another angry Indian here. Oh, man. Right. Like, that's that's what it is. Yeah. So, like, I know many of these institutions, there's no respectable politics that mm-hmm. are going to work enough to have meaningful change yeah. systemically and policies that are are mm-hmm. you know actually anti-racist anti-oppressive there's it's not happening yeah it doesn't i wouldn't imagine it would yeah. like some of these organizations like um we'll just use calgary police as an example when they go sit at a negotiating table they're not negotiating no. right like they're bringing their agenda yeah. and their agenda is this is the way it's going to be yeah. for us yeah. right and everyone else will comply yeah but that's law enforcement in general you will comply or you will become an enemy right and 100 percent. and it's black and white yeah where it's like 100 percent. okay so that's why like the rhetoric about oh we are community based we care mm-hmm. about community we're a service not a a force it's like mm-hmm. mm, i'm pretty sure everything you just said is wrong mm-hmm. because there's nothing community based if the community says we need anti-blackness mm-hmm. instituted and we're not seeing it no mm-hmm. actually uh shout out to uh commissioner Heather Campbell for asking the police, like, where's your anti-blackness, your anti-racism training when it comes to Mm -hmm. the canine unit? Where is that? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and there's no answer. There's no answer. And it, like, there's no systemic changes happening. That's what we need to see. Yeah. Right? Um, I I was recently asked about um, 
about a song. There was a song that was gifted to the Calgary police, but there's no safe space for the indigenous Calgary police officers to learn that song. Mm. Where, where is that space? Yeah. There, it's not there. Yeah. Right. And there's protocols, there's laws, like mm. our laws are, are the way they are. So like me as an indigenous woman, who's, uh, who's Satu Dene, I don't have the rights to just pick up a Blackfoot song and sing it and mm. then teach it to other um, non-Indigenous mm -hmm. police officers. And that's the irony is that non-Indigenous police officers want to learn this song and it's like, well, that's great. Mm -hmm. What systemic changes have you done yeah. to create the environment that every single Indigenous Calgary police officer knows that song, mm -hmm. let alone have you asked the person who gifted it to you if it's okay for non-Indigenous to even learn this song? Mm -hmm. And then to ask a Satu Dene woman about a song that's not my song, that wasn't gifted by me, it doesn't, it's Blackfoot, it's not mm -hmm. Satu Dene. Like, like, there's just the lack of understanding. Like, mm -hmm. There's no Indigenous education that's really, yeah. like, it's mm -hmm. sticking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think like, and I, I really hope that they uh, turn a corner with that. Right? Yeah, me too. Well, me too. That's yeah. why I keep engaging with them mm -hmm. in the in the hopes that um, the they put together a really great um, educational piece mm -hmm. for their officers. Is it sticking? Are they getting it? Yeah. Is I don't know. Are are if they watch it once, are they getting it? Mm -hmm. If they watch it twice, are they getting it? Like. What is it that they're mm -hmm. not understanding of it, basically? So, yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I'm happy they finally have an education piece. Mm -hmm. Something. Something. Yeah. But they're not getting what that word is, mm -hmm. right? They're they're not getting it yet. Yeah. So they, like, it has to be done in correlation with that anti-racism mm -hmm. training, so that people are understanding oppression dynamics because they're still not getting it. And and I think that it's got to have something to do with the fact that. If you don't believe you're a racist, you're not going to do anything. Right. So it's kind of like, well, people think we're racist. So we're going to put program A, B, C, and D out there mm -hmm. so that people can see that we're doing something about our racism, mm -hmm. about their, our perceived racism, because it's not real yet. And that's the other thing. It's, it's you know, it, it is performance-based, yeah. and, and that's the problem. It's not meaningful. Mm -hmm. So, like, you can't say you're for a community when you have like a huge segment of your community that mm -hmm. is dealing with racism and yet there's not that connection that we're still doing yeah. that. Like, um, so I'm straight, cis, I have anti-blackness in me and uh, Islamophobia. I have, uh, you know, straight privilege, like mm -hmm. ableism. So, you know, I can start to explain my blindness, mm -hmm. you know, my, where I have to work harder um, for example, I used to say crazy all the time. I try to say wild. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just wild. Yeah. But when you say crazy, that really is an ableist term that mm -hmm. can really hurt people who have been stigmatized with that terminology. Yeah. Ironically, my own family has at times. Mm -hmm. um, my mother was stigmatized with that, and yet I just couldn't put it together. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're not constantly working on it, yeah. um, even for me as a straight cis trying to advocate for the queer community, I listen mm. to the queer community and they show anger a mm. lot of times, um, calling people, you know, well, this is a problem with white women mm. um, leading these uh, anti-queer rallies and, and that, or uh, pro-queer rallies. Mm. 
is that, uh, you know, you don't understand the community. And so, like, for me, that's not a moment of, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Imagine I've got to quit doing this. It's just not that lead. It's a, i got to stop and i got to listen. Mm-hmm. And i got to, um, you know, first of all, be trauma-informed. Mm-hmm. Know that's coming from a righteous place of anger. And what can we do better to make mm-hmm. that person feel like that voice and that concept of what they're talking about is incorporated in a better manner, mm-hmm. right? Um, the problem is, is that a lot of, you know, straight cis will go, oh my God, it's so hard. I tried to help the community, but I just couldn't. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And then they quit. And it's like, no, you have to see it as mm-hmm. valid criticism. Yeah. And you have to learn from it and you have to move forward and do better for the next time. Well, and understand that, like, the community is not a one-off. No. Like, that's And that's what shows the lack of understanding of the community is that this isn't a one-off. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go to a, uh, if you're protesting, you know, the anti-queer agenda, so you're pro-queer, right? Like, yeah. that's great that you're at the protest yeah. and that you do that because we need people to do that, 100%. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, we also need the allies to understand that this is daily for us. Yeah. Like, it's like every it's day. it's 24-7. Yeah, it's every right? day. And, and that's that's the whole point, is that I get the privilege of going with my husband to a restaurant, enjoying that, and everybody thinks it's cool. Mm-hmm. You go to a restaurant with a, another male, and, like, we all know that look that you mm-hmm. give someone with loving eyes, and, like, you're, you're it's an intimacy. Mm-hmm. But for straight people, a lot of people can't handle queer joy. Mm-hmm. And that... That's the problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they say things like, oh, you're so boisterous and flamboyant. And, and that happens to me yeah. because as an Indigenous woman, I'm not allowed to have happiness or joy. Mm-hmm. So if I'm having a great conversation with a group full of people, I will get attacked by somebody mm-hmm. being like, you're too loud. You're too much. God. You're too this. I can't believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, like, I've heard lots of people laugh. Right. Right? And I love laughing. Like, we laugh a lot. I don't think I've heard a more, like, genuine laugh than an Indigenous woman's laugh. Yeah. Like, I have to be honest. Like, I just think, like, there's something so there. Yeah. And I can't imagine anyone saying, quiet down. Like, to me, it's like, we're hearing the kind of joy that we dreamt about. Right? The joy through the morning. Right? I um I laugh and I, I'm genuine and I'm happy, and in my family we call it the powerless laugh. Mm. There's really just an anti laugh, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't like Indigenous people laughing, and and that is like racism one on one right there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I would never have thought of that because to me the laughter is so like, um, it's medicine, right? Like to me it's just medicine, but laughter in general is absolutely. And then when you hear folks who who can laugh through like everything, yeah, despite everything, yeah, not because everything's great, yeah. but because there's also joy, yeah, even though there's pain, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> he was sneaking in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, and then when I see women cover their mouth, yeah, I know that that's a trauma response to that racism, yeah, to that misogyny, depending mm-hmm. if they're white, even. Um, but I see a lot of my native women do that and really mm-hmm. suppress it. And I did for a long time mm-hmm. because I was made fun of for my laughter. 
And then, yeah, and then, uh, and so then I became ashamed of it. But then when I was with my family and we all laughed like that, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is where I get my laugh from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, some of the, yeah, and it's it's weird because some of the folks that I've laughed with through the years have been some of the most hurt people I've ever met, right? And they somehow find the ability to just be like, yeah, but in this moment, it's okay. Yeah. Like in this moment, this is this is okay. We're safe enough to laugh. Yeah. I know. I um, even talking about it's making me feel better. Right. <laughs> I know, and, and me too, because yeah. it's like the it when I I don't I mean it like when I hear certain people laugh, man. I just it it's like my heart starts to get a little bit bigger, right? Because it's like, remember, dude, it's just for a moment, right? Like the the tough stuff, the the in between, like it's up and down. That's life, right? Yeah. And. To be able to laugh, man, it's a it's such a gift. It really is, yeah. yeah. I am I, I have a lot of respect for our elders for that. Yesterday mm. I got to listen to one of our elders and all he did was make jokes about cultural appropriation because Buffy was like the big news. Okay. And yeah. uh, so he was just like, yeah, I can't tell you that story because then somebody's just going to take it and make it their own. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, even in that moment of, yeah. of like this awful, you know, uh, awakening mm-hmm. of an icon that we had all respected that's on like Canadian stamps, mm-hmm. like, ah. Here he was making jokes about cultural appropriation and yeah. us having a an ability to laugh it off for a second, mm. right? Because it's just so so wild and and we never get the mic and that's mm. why I have a, a podcast is to try to give that media representation because mm. we were talking earlier about the Israel Palestine issue, um, you know, Indigenous people, Indigenous reporters. They have to be careful about their activism mm-hmm. outside because they will lose their job over yeah. this. They can't talk about settler colonialism too mm-hmm. much, otherwise they will lose their job. And that's the power of my podcast is that mm-hmm. I'm not government funded. So I am going to talk about racism, settler colonialism, mm-hmm. how Canadian media is complicit, how the Canadian industries are all complicit. And, you know, that's the power of having a voice. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it's a matter of time until somebody figures out how to shut me off and mm-hmm. shut me down. But um, there's always know, there's always more to it. There's always. And, yeah. and you know what? The best part is if they shut me down today, if I just said, OK, maybe I'm just tired. I'm done. I'm done talking. Mm-hmm. There's a whole army of youth mm-hmm. that this is the first generation to just speak their truth. Yeah. And to speak about the, like my daughter was uh, talking about homophobia she experienced in junior high. Mm-hmm. And uh, couple that with racism and that. And, you know, so I'm just so proud of our youth mm-hmm. being able to really speak their truth. Yeah. And I, I wish we were more uh, supportive mm-hmm. of what they go through. But hearing youth say I love you to their friends before they go, mm-hmm. uh, literally youth who have been affected by suicide, mm-hmm. hearing them still say I love you to all their friends before they go, mm-hmm. like that is intergenerational healing. Yeah. yeah. You know, blood memory. We talk mm-hmm. about blood memory in a positive way that mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah. You know, so we just have to mentor these youth in a mm-hmm. good way. And then, and making sure we're not imposing some kind of craptastic colonial mentality yeah. that we were brought up with mentoring <laughs> and encouraging to yeah. be different right totally like, yeah yeah because yeah. that's tricky right because yeah. it's that's a tricky one yeah um i'm grateful that sam's out there too 
Oh. And but the Sams, the only way Sams are Sams is because you and Darcy are you and Darcy, yeah. right? And that there's strong people in her life that are there when she needs them, right? Yeah. And we know that's vital. Like we know yeah. that some when we don't have that. Yeah. And it, it was that close to it not happening too yeah. because of the way the policies are still systemically put in at hospitals and the mm -hmm. way we're red flagged with the Indian Affairs um, status. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it, it's, and ironically, this whole next generation, none of them are going to have status. Yeah. So it's, it will be kind of back to the Buffy thing. It'll have to be our nations claiming mm -hmm. these children yeah. as our offspring, as, you know, just because the Canadian government hasn't given you status doesn't mean we don't see you as a little mm -hmm. Satu. Uh, Dene, yeah. in, in Sam's case, you know, you are still ours. And yeah, that's a, that's a lot of power for the Canadian government to have, considering they don't like Indigenous people. Like, yeah, no, it's right? disgusting. Yeah. Their whole system is gross. gross. And no matter how many times our people take them to uh, the courts and go through, a, you know, 15, 20-year process of mm -hmm. saying this is discriminatory, you know, it's, it's still not really changing. Yeah. Right? So we just got to be... A lot of our elders, and I'm I'm getting to that place of this, what they say of, you're never going to make change within these institutions. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to really feel that way, where yeah. it's like, I have tried your respectable, mm -hmm. respectability politics. It's not changing. Mm -hmm. You know, we've told you, you have chosen not to listen. Mm -hmm. You know, at a certain point, it's like, this is on you guys. Yeah. You, you need to figure it out why mm -hmm. it is you are committed to racism, why yeah. you're committed to settler colonialism, mm -hmm. and why it is you cannot hear an Indigenous woman tell you, you know, the sky is blue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the right kind of blue. Yeah, right? no, they'll, there's, yeah. they hate Indigenous women so much, it will become a new color for out of principle and spite. I, <laughs> fuck, it's just baffling to me, Michelle. <laughs> it's baffling. Like there's just so much more to anyway. I don't like. I'll go off on a tangent on that Same too. Same yeah. Right back to the Catholic yeah. fucking church again. <laughs> <laughs> and then Darcy's gonna have to really work yeah. at editing it out. Um, yeah, I, I don't like. I I know that um, there's no easy answer to these things. Like it's. But there's got to be some like shift. There's got to be yeah. like solid change, not yeah. just window dressing change, right? Like, yeah. And, and I, I will tell that. you, there has been a huge shift. Um, so 10 years ago, I was still talking about free Palestine mm -hmm. to today. And I'll tell you, there is a better understanding of what settler colonialism within the Muslim circles. Mm -hmm. Because when I was saying it's the same thing, to me, Canadians are Israel. Mm -hmm. Like, I watched 10 years ago, there'd be this aha moment. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, like, hearing their land acknowledgements, acknowledging mm -hmm. settler colonialism, racism, genocide, as part of their land acknowledgement, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God, they're getting it. Mm -hmm. They're seeing it. Yeah. So there has been a shift in the last 10 years mm -hmm. of uh, Canadians really understanding, you know, yeah. anti-Indigenous racism and the parallels to anti-Muslim mm -hmm. Hundred percent. So, I think I've seen yeah. more more support yeah. for, and I'm so grateful to see it for Palestine. Yeah. Like to for the folks of Palestine, because I did not imagine that. Like I literally thought it was going to be, and and don't get me wrong, there's lots of pro-Israel stuff and and all that kind of stuff, um, but 
I've definitely seen that too, like yeah. a lot more than, and I'm so grateful for it, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I know that as a white dude, I can only say so much and I can only do so much because I only understand so much, right? Yeah. Um, well, I, and there's only so much time in the day. That's too, that too. You know, <laughs> like there's that too. Yeah. So like, I, it's, it's so funny because to me, like, you know, and I see it nationally, but I see it at the micro as well. Like here in Calgary, there's really only maybe a hundred people that's it, mm -hmm. that are doing activism, Yeah, really. Yeah. And those same people are in a lot of those same circles, yeah. right? And it is really weird, and I'll tell you, so when I'm talking about Palestine and settler colonialism, it's really weird to have like those few anti-queer Muslims mm -hmm. coming to these events and us having to be like, we're in solidarity on Palestine. Mm -hmm. Now, if you could quit being a bigot towards the queer community, mm -hmm. man, we could have even more solidarity, mm -hmm. right? So like out of a small pot of 100 folks, it's like there's still that division within, mm -hmm. right? So we still eat each other just the mm -hmm. way the white people will eat each other over, you know. And we see, it, especially in white supremacy, like yeah. the real Nazis, they always fight each other. Mm -hmm. But who's the more mad? Right, mm -hmm. you see it in uh, these institutions in the military and the policing, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, who's the real man? And they eat each other, and uh, through well, policies and that. So. Yeah, and that pushes the folks who are marginalized yeah. to then try to eat each other too. Yeah. Right, and yeah. it's like that that never ending the snake eating its tail constantly, right? Yeah. And it, it just the only difference is is that we somewhat understand oppression dynamics. Mm -hmm. So that's our saving grace, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of us understand trauma and being trauma-informed, mm -hmm. whereas those on the right side, they just don't know that they don't care. Yeah. They're not interested in learning, you know, whereas we're always working on what's a better de-escalation mm -hmm. technique, what could I have done differently? Like, yeah. so for example, this is a wild story. There are uh, like the small pocket of indigenous people trying to reclaim the swastika. Mm -hmm. And I really struggle with that yeah. because it's like, nope, that symbol will now forever be six million dead Jews. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. Yeah. And um, so anyway, my daughter was asked to speak and we've seen the logo and it's a swastika. And so, you know, I was like, how do I promote this event? So I promoted it because it had like Lee Crowchild's name, et cetera, on it. And I was like, in retrospect, the best way for me to have promoted it would have been to just black out the swastika. Because mm -hmm. to me, that it's still anti-Semitic. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not going to speak on behalf of the Jewish community. Because to me, Zionism and Israel is like fascism. Mm -hmm. But there is still anti-Semitism mm -hmm. and anti-Jewish understanding that I will call out in a second. Mm -hmm. So me trying to engage within the indigenous community on why... I don't care the thousands of years beforehand. Mm. The swastika is the swastika. We can't be using that. Mm. Um, in sea cadets, mm. our main place had a, it was a swastika from the air. It was um, like these trailers set up mm. in a way that looked like a swastika, mm. right? And I'm like, I so explain this to me. So we were fighting Nazis, mm. but we made trailers that look like swastika. Like it. Like, we just do the stupidest stuff sometimes. Well, and I wonder if it's stupid or if it's part and parcel to the way people just really think. Right. Right? And that's the, that's the trick. Is like, yeah. is, it, is it so systemically racist yeah. that within our anti-fascist, quotation marks, anti-fascist governments, yeah. 
that we will allow that. Right. Like, and same within the states, right? Like, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. They lost lots of people in the war. Yeah. I don't understand. I like, know. I know. How that, how that even can still exist, but even people who fought in the war believe in it. Yes. There's probably some, right? right. Like, to me, that's absurd. My grandpa would be rolling over in his grave, right? Because he fought those fuckers. That's what right? I thought, too, yeah. right? So my yeah. great-grandfather went, and he got a medal, apparently. But mm. I, I've never seen the medal or, or heard it. But, um, you know, I, I just, I'm saddened. I'm just saddened that we're in a mm. time where we actually do have monuments to um, at least three that I know of in Canada to Nazis, mm. Ukrainian Nazis. Yeah. Um, and apparently they're in like private places, but still, mm. like you, you can't, but that, that is disgusting to mm. the other soldiers who died fighting Nazis. Yeah, I think so. Right? I so, think it's fucking gross. Yeah. I just, so those need to come down. Yeah. Like I, that's not a debate for me mm. that, that let's bring them down. Yeah. But then there's another example. There's this white journalist for press progress, I want to say, or progress report anyway, because he reported on this. He was getting charged with uh, vandalism of the of the monument because mm -hmm. he actually reported on the vandalism. So they're pinning it on him. Like it, our world is so wild right now, mm -hmm. I can't even make it make sense. <laughs> well, and I, but I think it makes sense. I think it's like it's the same with um, with anyone who speaks out against what's going on. Yeah, you're going to be like. Ostracized. Further ostracized, put into a position where now that you're in a position where the system can discredit you yeah. and continually discredit you, every time you go and do do the work that you believe you're supposed to do as an activist, yeah. you're going to get not only discredited by people protesting you because now the media has made you out to be so bad, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I I gotta tell you, it's I'm not buying it. I'm not buying this, like, oh, these people were bad for society shit. Like, yeah. it, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I we, know. Right? We get less We get less informed when a pedophile is released from prison mm. than we do on what's happening with these two activist women, black right. women, right? Single mothers. Single mothers. Single who, mothers. Who are not only single moms, but they're, like, every day in the community trying to make our city better. Right? Both of them. Because yes. Because they, they have these Walls Down Collective uh, yeah. group that, like, feeds the homeless, gives them food, things like that. And mm -hmm. one of the things I loved, loved, I seen them basically um, blur out the faces mm -hmm. of everyone. Yeah. So that it's like, I'm not doing this because I want that selfie with mm -hmm. a homeless person. It's literally, we're just trying to do good in yeah. the world. And anyway, I have the deepest respect for Adora mm -hmm. and for Taylor. And yeah, I wish too. that... Uh, everyone did and I wish more people would have spoken out they asked us really simple you know put out a, a letter of support mm. and how many people did mm. right, right but how many people went to a Black Lives Matter rally mm. how many people put that into their social media profiles mm. but they asked you to do something pretty simple and you yeah. couldn't do it what the heck yeah. Right. So, and then I just took my letter and did a TikTok of it mm -hmm. in the hopes to educate and and use that platform in a good way. But yeah, it's just sad. I'm sad watching the lack of support mm -hmm. for that. So. Me too. Yeah. I'm I, just sad in general that we're at such a place where we're just will, so willing to let um, let the media and the authorities tell us who the bad people are. Still, right. Like 
Yeah, like I just because it's just a matter of time until it's you or I. Hundred percent. You know, you 100%. as a queer guy, me as an indigenous woman, yep. it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Right. So I know um, I'm just gonna go down in that way because yeah. it's like the writing's on the wall. Mm -hmm. It's clear. That's what yeah. they are gonna do to anybody who's. It's what they want. Yeah. 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 They so. want they want it to be controlled, right? And yeah. so that everyone's like, um, quote unquote, happy. Yeah. Right. Well, in order for the people who need to be happy to be happy, some of us have to suffer, yeah. and that's really shitty. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think it's necessary. Oh, hundred percent. Right? But that's, you know, like that's how capitalism works, though, yeah. right? You got to keep people down so that they work and yeah. just do what the settler state wants you to do, yeah. and that's bad. Yeah, and yeah. you know, and I've as a as a person of privilege coming from that that position of I can just stay in my bubble if I want. And I and I I was hundred percent in a bubble of privilege, right? Like well, and that's what ninety nine point nine 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 percent of Calgary does. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. Well, because we can. Yeah. Right. So like, if if you have a decent job and you're like you have a place and you don't want to like risk that, and I know Darcy and I talked about that last week was, there's there's only so far some people will go. Yeah. Right. Obviously, like some people are more willing to just like put it all out there. Yeah. And thank goodness there are people who yeah. do that, right? Yeah. Like because it encourages, and I, I say this as a person coming from a very nice bubble of privilege. Yeah. Like, it's okay to let it go, mm -hmm. but it's not comfortable. Like yeah. I'm not gonna lie, it's not comfortable. But yeah. it's not like I feel like there's something I have to do because of guilt. It's now there's stuff to do because it's the right thing to do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The right thing to do is to have these podcasts, to have these conversations as a part of our organization yeah. in connection with, obviously, your amazing podcast, oh. right? Well, it's amazing. Right. It's called The Native Calgarian. If anyone's out there and you haven't heard it, obviously, that's kind of wild, as Michelle would say. That's wild. <laughs> Why you haven't heard it yet is wild. Yeah. Um, but check it out. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I'm honored to always be here with me. you. and. And to do this cross collaboration, because mm -hmm. to me, the work you're doing is really important and fitting in my world as well, mm -hmm. because I think the more people understand that we're all struggling with trauma, mm -hmm. culturally appropriate support systems when it comes to dealing yeah. with trauma, of course, people fall into addiction easily yeah. and, you know, have to deal with sobriety in their recovery journey. So to me, the work mm -hmm. you're doing is so incredibly needed. And the fact that you have an intersectional lens as opposed mm -hmm. to these wing nuts who are just like, you know, doing the, the straight Christian yeah. AA pray to God crapola. Mm -hmm. Like we, we need diversity. In, oh. If we're going to solve this and yeah. tackle this and yeah. and be honest about it, so I yeah. I um I really applaud the work you're doing too. Oh. That's why I'm honored to be here with you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, so much, Michelle. Uh, yeah. It's uh yeah, it's just such an honor, even like to be your friend. Like oh. it just means a lot. Um, I was just thinking of something. It was in terms of the the twelve step thing and and how. Lots of folks don't understand that that's a colonial construct too, yeah, right? And, and like, it's interesting you brought it up because I was thinking of it like at, at a certain point, like maybe I should talk about that because it's I'm finding it super interesting because I was very much entrenched in the twelve step fellowship like when I first came got sober, right? Yeah. Yeah. Super entrenched. I'm still in it. I'm still involved in it, but more as an offshoot. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because I've done more reading of like the traditions of the organization, and don't get me wrong, some of the traditions are really valuable, 
yeah, right? Yeah. They're amazing, but they're valuable, but they're all based on Judeo-Christian ideas. Yes. So like, I understand not everybody wants to say, oh, everything's about judeo Yeah, dude, our politics are, our Everything law enforcement is. is even like, our addiction. Even yeah. our addiction yeah. and <laughs> even our treatment of addiction. Yep. Right? <laughs> Our, our, our perspective on addiction is very Judeo-Christian, yep. right? It's bad, you're immoral, it's all those things that are against, right? Yep. If you had more faith, Dave, you wouldn't have to drink. Ironically, though, like, because I'm born and raised here in Alberta, you know, what is expected of you is drinking and being a part of the social network of mm-hmm. drinking and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, uh, yeah, it's really like contradiction after contradiction mm-hmm. in our society yeah. about what our values are. So, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it is because because uh, the addiction now, now there's, they're looking at uh, making it possible to lock you up. Mm-hmm. Right? And so we're, we were just talking about it. Like, who's it going to be next? Yeah. Like, it's always somebody, right? There's always. Always looking for an enemy. Before and we... what, have we, what have we learned over the, cast, uh, the uh, past of the pandemic, COVID, and addiction services and and the rooted Christian mm-hmm. belief system of addiction and, and recovery, we will always find a bigot with a doctorate degree that is willing to sign off of, you know, demonizing somebody mm-hmm. lesser than them. That's always, right. always. So that's why this is like fascism in a different mm-hmm. way, where it's like you're going to take your psychologists or whoever it is that you deem are the ones that can mm-hmm. sign off the bigots. And they're the ones in charge of the structure so yeah. that it's going to be disproportionately filled with a certain segment of society. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much. Honored. I feel like I kept you way too long, but I, I just, <laughs> I could keep talking to you literally all day. Well, uh, we will. Just yeah. not online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just not online. So thank you yeah. so much again for coming on.